In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, the second epistle, Brother, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of the, us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. When I was in the fourth grade, I never will forget that I was exposed to the reading of a number of some of the movers and shakers of American history. I remember particularly having to read some of the speeches given by Patrick Henry. I remember emphatically that his speeches seemed to move me, perhaps like some of the others could not. We had to memorize one of the speeches or a portion of the speech that he gave at the second convention uh, of Virginia in about March the 23rd of 1775 uh, at St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, the speech left an imprint upon my mind and deep within my heart. I'd like to quote a portion of that speech that we had to memorize in the fourth grade. He said, gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? If life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery, forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. We had to memorize that in the fourth grade, and I never will forget that as long as I live. But he said, why stand we here idle? With all that's going on in the world today, the church cannot afford to stand idle Amen. as our nation, as our government, as our families, and as our schools go to hell in a handbasket. The scripture said that they would come and come they have. And that is the modern day scoffer that's entered into the church with their negativity, negativity and their pessimism and their message that contradicts the word of the living God. These scoffers are not coming from the outside jumping the fence to get here. Many of those scoffers are already inside the church even as we speak this morning. They often will come in in their Brooks Brothers suit or in, if you will, their Arminian suit and they will be having a PhD or something behind their name and they speak with gifting and charisma and they draw people toward them and much of their speech and much of their language and much of their writings and much of their prophetic word is simply entailed to rob, to kill, and to destroy uh, what the Lord desires to do uh, through the ministry of the church. And yet many of them are well spoken and they are impressing and making an endeavor impression upon some of the weaker brethren and sister within the body of Christ. Their scorn is just as dangerous as many of the lies that they sometimes proclaim uh, through many of the books they write uh, through many of the sermons they preach and also through uh, some of the prophecies uh, that come streaming out of their mouth. Many of them do not prophesy the Lord's words. They claim to prophesy for the Lord, but in reality they are pro-life, pro pro-life, 
pro-lie, if you will, get out of the moment. It's a pro-lie, if you will, uh, that often comes out of their mouth because it does not come from the heart of God as much as it comes from their own mind and from their own experience. The sad fact of the matter is that many Christians are taken by their words, they're taken by their charisma, they're taken by their charm, and they're taken by uh, their education. And yet, many of their words come from their mind, as I said, and not truly from the heart of the living God. What these eloquent scorners failed to realize is that God had their number uh, some 2,000 years ago. Uh, they are with themselves a fulfillment of the prophetic word of God in their own right. For it was Peter who said, there shall come in the last day scoffers. And here they are vocal and vicious. And yet I'm supposed to agree with their agenda that the Bible plainly said this morning, uh, the agree that this present evil days are but a repetition of the previous days that have gone by. That's what Peter said that they would say. Not so. The current landscape of sin and debauchery is without parallel uh, within history even today. Hell is hot, and demons are working overtime this day uh, because they want to rob, kill, and to destroy. And there are many prophets and many preachers and many teachers that are puppets on the strings of the devil in order to manipulate people to say and do what they want them to do uh, because Satan knows that his days are numbered, and what he does, he's going to have to do it extremely rapidly. But a day of reckoning is coming, and yet the modern-day scoffer says that it's different. The master prophet Jesus Christ said, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern uh, the signs of the time. He also said, as it is, as it was in the days of Noah, uh, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. In Genesis 6, 11, we are told uh, that in the days of Noah, the earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Well, let me ask you a question. Was the whole earth, the whole entire planet as corrupt then in Noah's day as it is today? Was there as much violence in the streets of Sodom as there is violence in our land today? Uh, were the school systems in Sodom and Gomorrah as bad as they are in America today? I'll remind you, uh, were the streets of Sodom uh, safe to walk down more so than our streets are in any given city in America today? Uh, were the schools protected by police back then as they are protected by police uh, in our era where we live? Were babies murdered in the name of political correctness in Sodom as they are murdered in the wombs of mothers today? And by the same token, were children uh, used as sex objects back then uh, as they are used by sin and deplorable minds of American people uh, here in the streets of America today? I think not. In our area of sin Central Florida alone. I'm here to remind you that there are sex crimes committed against our children in the name of entertainment. And there's also been sex crimes committed against our precious children uh, so some scum bucket uh, can make money off the pornography that comes out of those hell houses around our area. There is sex trafficking in uh, Florida uh, where many of our young women are sold into slavery, sex slave if you will. And just a few weeks ago right around the corner almost a mile away uh, from where we're at this morning, uh, there was anarchy around the area uh, where gunshots were fired in the middle of the night to the wee hours of the morning and people were, rat were, were killed in the privacy of their own home by some nut uh, welding um, a gun as he walked in. Brothers and sisters, may I remind you, all over the world, uh, in America, in the state of Florida, in our city of Lakeland, and in our communities, a sin swaggers openly and boldly down the streets and it does not hide it 
it does not blush uh, because sin uh, refuses to blush in any generation. This is the day of arrogant, uh, blatant iniquity. It struts and it strides. It screams from our billboard. It is plastered all over the internet and it flashes over our TV screens today. In a day when crime and cruelty uh, saturate our airway. In a time when homosexuality and all type of, of, of fornication and adultery and all these blatant sins uh, seem to be so popular among many today and America continues to crave more and more and more of it. I remind you again today it devours prime time television. It devours the big screens. Uh, it, it devours Netflix uh, and pay-per-view movies as well. Mayhem, murder, sex, violence, sadomasochism. That's the industry that's out there and we call it entertainment and we want more and more. It's the, the day of the vile and the vulgar and the vice and the vain and virtualist stuff is what America seems to crave and what we want to go after and what seems to get the headlines 24-7 uh, today. And yet the sad fact of the matter is millions if not billions of dollars is spent every year to make sure uh, that these scum buckets are fully funded that they can continue uh, to push that junk down our throats in the form of entertainment and our children's minds have been warped. Our teenagers' minds have been warped and adults today's minds have been warped because of all that we see in the name of entertainment itself. I remind you, brothers and sisters, uh, that the barbarians were a mild bunch of people in comparison to us uh, educated savages today. It took brains uh, uh, to invent something that would barbecue the minds and the brains uh, of our children and teenagers today and we were able to do it through drug and illegal drug addiction. Uh, it took some type of science, the God of this age, uh, to come up with some kind of a system that would justify legal abortion and killing of babies in the wombs of their mothers in the name of political correctness. And I believe it took patience and perseverance uh, uh, for our schools uh, to brainwash our children and brainwash our teachers and brainwash our, our, our students in college to let them know uh, that Marxism and socialism uh, seems to be a better way than the good old United States of America's Constitution that's brought us safe to where we are today. And it appears to be succeeding uh, wherever that you look. Is it any wonder that the disturbed writer said, we are the cruelest, most ruthless species that has ever walked upon this earth? Paul Turner, who was a Swiss, Swiss physician and author said, the dance of violence goes around endlessly. Someone said the world is a theater of the absurd. Murders and muggings and vice and venereal disease are now the accepted way of living uh, within America. We have gangs taking over our streets. We're lied to day by day by the news media. Our children are being brainwashed in our schools and socialism and communism is coming across to be a better way to live uh, than how we've lived in this democracy uh, for the last 200 or the last 200, some 200 years. In broad daylight, uh, thieves are coming in and robbing people. In broad daylight, murders are taking place on the street. In broad daylight, people are being mugged uh, as they go into places of businesses. Gangs, friend, are not just out there. Gangs are right here in Polk County as well. I also remind you that lies are pushed off of truth and pressure is mounting every 
every day for you and me to silence our voice and to get to rid ourselves of the long-held convictions that we have that's based upon the Word of God. We have people today that enter into political offices uh, as middle-class people, and they come out millionaires. Uh, we have people today in high offices, they feel like they can't be touched, they don't have to give an account to nobody, uh, they feel like they can get away with anything they want to do, and in case, sirrah, sirrah, we live on and on without any accountability. But in the light of all of these facts I've given to you that I believe that are indefensible, I am told by these modern day scoffers that I am to silence my message. I am to guard my tongue. And I am to change my doctrine and conviction based upon the word of God. And I am to suffer in silence all by myself. And I should cringe as a Christian because these defeatists and because these scorners are telling us, well, it's all prophesied in the last days perilous times should come. Well, so perilous times are upon us. And we, but they should not overtake us unaware as the word of God said. May I remind you there's another side uh, to that prophetic coin this morning as well and it says this, in the last day I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh before that great and that terrible day of the Lord. If it is true that as greater is he that is in me than as he that is in the world and it is true and if it is true that upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and it is true then what do we have to worry about today? As born again, spirit-filled Christians of the living God, we must make a last day stand against the loose, loose and the lax and the licentious, lustful age and do something about this lewd, crude and rude, nude world in which we live in this hour. If the church is what it claims to be, if the church has the message we say we have, if the church is supposed to have the power and the authority given to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's time we wake up, it's time we stand up, it's time we speak up, or it's time we sit down and shut up. But the world is looking for help and it's not going to be found in this world. Is there any word from the Lord today, church? Is there a word from the Lord today? We live in a world that's sick. It's war sick. It's politically sick. It's iniquity sick. It's morally sick today. And our government is part of the problem. Our politicians are part of the problem. And yet people are still looking for this politician or for politics to come riding in on the white horse. And he is our person that's going to save us. Some may trust in horses. Some may trust in chariots. But I am going to trust in the name of the Lord. Lord, and his name is not Allah. His name is not Buddha. His name is Jesus, the Savior and Deliverer of the world. Hallelujah. Can somebody praise the Lord? On the other hand, ineffective church ministries, glamorized gospel shows, television preachers who have been duped as grabbers of gold and popularity are influencing too many Christians today and leading in the wrong direction. Church, we better get our own house in order. Amen. I said we better get our own house in order. 
Then as we repented before God and with clean vessels, I believe then we can put the trumpet of God's word to our mouth and we can go out and boldly proclaim there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. Repent or right, get on the highway that leads to glory or you stay on the highway that leads to hell. I'm not responsible for you, but I am under God responsible to you to tell you the truth and the integrity of God's word. We've got to do our part. Brothers and sisters, if the church does not repent, if we do not concentrate, consecrate ourselves back to praising God and worshiping God and seeking the face of God and doing the will of God, we may find ourselves praying from concentration camps much the same way they did under Marxist government and Nazism. If we're not careful, we may find ourselves much like Israel years ago being banished and exiled from the things of God as they were caught with their hand in the cookie jar. How much longer will God wink at our individual sins and the sins of a nation? Some want us to believe the United States of America, oh, we're destined to rule the world, not so. Some want to say the United States of America, we're going to be the bride of Christ, not so. The bride of Christ made up of all born-again people. And some say, well, we're going to continue to, 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 to impact the kingdom of God with our money that's falling and faltering. May I remind you of something? Keep in mind, God once divorced his bride. Her bride, his bride committed adultery. Now think about this. He has watched that bride Israel get kicked around the world, saturated and threatened unfairly for the past 2,000 years. Yet, he has given them no prophets. He gave them no word. He gave them no prophets whatsoever. And here we are in America. We've been blessed beyond measure. And yet we give God lip service. But our hearts as a nation are far from him. It says on our coins, in God we trust. Yet we kick God out of the schools and we replace it with bulletproof vest police officers, drug sniffing dogs, and in some cases, metal detectors. We've legalized prostitution in one state. The United States Supreme Court has legalized same-sex marriages in all 50 states of the union. We have world record in alcohol victims, drug ruined people from all of our ages of life, murder, suicide, drunk, drunkenness, gang violence, and so forth dominate our news. Our prisons are packed to capacity. Our borders are a total disarray. Our nation worships by the millions at the shrine of sports centers all around this world. And our television sets are so filled with nonsense that ought to be an insult to our intelligence. But where's the trumpet voice of the church? Where's the trumpet voice of the church warning the world to flee from the wrath to come? Sure, there are means of believers that say, oh, the rapture of the church, that's our hope. The Lord's coming back. You know what's terrible? Those same Christians, many are living in carnality. And there are many of us that have a belief system we believe in, but we're not ready should it happen. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody, and I'm not casting suspicion on anybody here or anybody looking on the internet. I'm saying, church, we better get our house in order. 
because the Lord is coming back not for gutter saves, but for glorious saves. And when we go up, all hell is going to break loose upon this earth. The religious people, the political people, the unsaved, they're about to bite off more they can chew that God's about ready to give to this world. We had better wake up, my friend, and stand up and shout out what the Word of God said while there's time to do it. The message should be shouted from the housetops. It should be proclaimed from every pulpit in America, no matter what denomination or abomination. And it should come across the television streams, and here it is, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, he shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Again, let me pose the question. How long will the God of holiness wink at our individual and our national sin? Reading from the J.B. Phillips translation, 2 Timothy 3.1. But you must realize that in the last days, the times will be full of danger. Men will become utterly self-centered, greedy for money, full of big words. They will be proud and contemptuous without any regard for what their parents taught them. They will be utterly lacking in gratitude, purity, and normal human affection. They will be men of unscrupulous speech and have no control of themselves. They will be passionate and unprincipled, treacherous, self-willed, and conceited, loving all the time what gives them pleasure instead of loving God. They will maintain a facade of religion, but their conduct will deny its validity. You must keep clear of people like that. I hope this is not offensive. I'm not trying to be judgmental to you or to me. But I want to tell you something, church. I'm attempting to make a point about modern-day Christianity. The disparity between New Testament Christianity and today's professing church in a dying world is a sorry sight. And I believe very few people would disagree with that statement if they're honest thinkers. The church is not what it one time was. And the church is not what it ought to be. And the church is not what Jesus Christ died for it to look like. I've heard it said, well, we don't, we're not persecuted in America. We're under God's protection. I'm going to tell you, the modern day church hadn't done much in America to be worthy to be persecuted of. And I don't say that to cut us. I say that, church, because I believe it to be a true statement. The church looks worldly and the world looks churchy. Billy Mel Melvin, who was the executive director of the National Association of Evangelicals, expressed a concern for the church. He said, my concern is the measure of infiltration by the world into the church. We've been influenced far more than we would like to admit. This infiltration has dulled our, our effectiveness, blurred our vision, and caused us to adapt to worldly standards of success, end of quote. Someone said, I looked for the church and found it in the world. I looked for the world and found it in the church. Are things any better today? There's people that would be offended if we said the church was worldly, even though they might have dances in the fellowship hall, gambling bingo in the fellowship hall, or whatever the case may be. I've read too many stories the last two weeks where men and women in Christianity who are Pentecostal in their doctrine, 
have so compromised that they now are saying it's okay for their pastor to still be in the adult entertainment industry and pass the church, pass the church at the same time. This is not a one-time thing. It's happening over and over. Well, the Lord understands he created me naked, so let's just celebrate it. It's God of grace. There's something wrong. They're taking the grace of God and turning it into sin against God. We had best wake up and see what God's word says, not what, popular, what, not what the populace of the world says, church. We're living in some dangerous times. The enemy wants to rob us of our joy and of our peace and our walk with God. He wants to rob us of the presence and the power of God. He wants to rob us and make us compromise everywhere we turn. But friend, we better wake up and get up and say, hold on to the word of the unchanging God. Beloved, it's been said to look for a tough wedge to go into a tough log. And that's what's needed in the church. We would be tough in our witness. We would be tough in our praying. We would be tough in our living. We would be tough in our walk with God. And the church has a message for the out-of-control society in which we live. This is the day, friend, that a lion heart preacher is needed. It's a day when a lion-hearted pastor, preacher, evangelist, and prophet had better come to the fore right. We need some heaven-born, spirit-filled, spirit-directed preachers, prophets, and teachers, and not just some tiptoe to the tulip, panty-waist people that just appease. I remind you, we must take off the robes of popularity and replace it with a whole armor of God that we might be able to destroy the works of the devil and that which he's trying to do. And we need to declare war. And I believe war, church, you say militant, I'm not talking about bombs and guns and hand grenades. I'm talking about an all-out war of prayer and fasting against this avalanche of hell that's taken over our generation. The official book of spirituality, the Word of God, says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. No bomb ever destroyed a demon, but no fasting and prayer ever failed to do so. Our national sin and our iniquities beyond the power of politicians to fix it. Banks can't help us out of our misery. The unscriptural intellectuals can't swim that deep, and sometimes they're more part of the problem than they are the solution. Let me ask you a question. Who takes the church serious today? Who takes the church seriously as a world power today? I don't think anybody does. We're a relic to many people. We're, we're, we're a nuisance to many in society. Attempts are being made to silence our voice or to censor that which we say. They want to shut down our services and make sure that our Christian beliefs stay within the confines of these four walls. Oh, you can come here and free of the worship all you want, and you can take all you want about Jesus, but just make sure he stays here. You're not welcome to go back out there in the government with him. You're not welcome to go back out in the schools with him. You're not welcome to go back in the place of business with him. You just keep your message right here uh, for you dumb heads right here today uh, because you're just a bunch of idiots, a bunch of dummies. Uh, you, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. You leave your religion, your Christianity right in here. And we have a lot of politicians that will be in church today and oh how they love the Lord and they'll take their communion. They love Jesus and then they'll walk back and they'll start passing laws uh, to kill more babies, uh, to do more things against the word of God. There's something wrong with that kind of message. I'm going to tell you friend, when I have been touched by the Holy Ghost of God, I can't just sit still in here. I got to go and tell somebody uh, what the Lord has done for me. I got to tell somebody that I got a key uh, to get you out 
out of the prison house of ruin and of damnation and they're not coming to me so we got to go to them praise God hallelujah glory to God praise the Lord church the Lord is calling the church to battle this morning to battle Mm. America needs to have a holy divine invasion of a living God back in her midst the power of another world has got to invade this world and the power I'm talking about has got to come from the throne of a living God where the almighty Jesus Christ rules and reigns forevermore. A true blue, red, hot, earth-shaking, mountain-moving, devil-chasing, sin-killing, Holy Ghost-led, miracle-working, dose of salvation, revival is what the church needs today and it will not come if we keep on doing what we've always done. A revival will change us forever. Let me tell you something, beloved. The Christian has no holy city to go to. We have no Mecca and we have no Rome. But we do have a God who sits on the throne. What we need today is another visit back to Calvary's cross. Not to say thank you, Lord, but to get on that cross and die ourselves. Amen. To become that living sacrifice. I beseech you therefore brethren. By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies. A living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. But be you transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Go to that cross. And die yourself. Take the sins that are many. Take the short things that are many. I take the weights. And put them there. And then understand. I died with Jesus. And then we need to go to the upper. We need to go to the empty grave. Not to bring flowers, but to say as he rose, it is no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me, the hope of glory. And then we need to take a trip to the upper room where the endowment of power comes down again. He's not changed his mind about the Holy Ghost, friend. He's not changed his mind about the Holy Spirit baptism, friend. We need that endowment of power that ordination of man cannot give, money cannot buy, education cannot supply, and then, friends, we cannot get it through our own bloodline, uh, through flesh and blood. It's got to come as an endowment from the throne of the living God himself. I remind you that revival has no denomination, has a monopoly on it. I said revival, no denomination has a monopoly on it. We can't birth it ourselves, we can't buy it. It ignores our massive buildings. It ignores all that he's looking for, a people that is hungry. And if New Life Assembly of God does not want the move of God, he will find individuals here that will, and he'll channel his power in and through. But if we don't want it, he'll find the first church, the Frigidaire, down the road, and he'll thaw those suckers out, and he'll let the fire of God come down upon them and do exploits for them. You know why? He'll say, that's got to be God, because their wood has been wet a long long time. But friend, if your wood's been wet, I know one that's got the match. I know the one that's got the fodder. I know the one that can put the fire in it again. If you and I come back to him and build the altar, he'll come. He'll show up. He'll do his work. And when I'm on this subject, let me say this. For the past 20 to 25 years, there has been billions, if not billions of dollars that's gone through the American church in ministry and we have not moved our nation one inch closer to Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? We have put billions of dollars in the ministry of church with buildings and equipment 
and all this and all that. And we've not moved America one inch closer to Jesus Christ in the last 25 to 30 years than any time of the history. Why do we keep on doing the same old thing if it's not working? Amen. We're like the government. We just throw money thinking it's going to stop. And we get aggravated that the government throwing money at problems and nothing happens. We throw money at problems in the church. I believe God don't need our money as much as he needs my heart. And if he's got my heart, he'll have my money. Don't misunderstand me. But he needs me. He needs you. We don't have a pope in Protestantism. But if he did, I would appeal to him that he close all pulpits in America, all Bible colleges, and all seminaries for one month. You see, we don't need more light. We need more obedience. And I would suggest that we close all pulpits, all seminaries and all Bible colleges for a month that we might give ourselves to prayer and fasting and seeking the face of God. As Joel said, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly with the priests and the ministers weeping between the altar and the doorpost with prostate preachers acknowledge their spiritual bankruptcy and lack of love for souls. The word of God says, gird yourselves and lament you priest, how you ministers of the altar Come, lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God. For the meat offering, the drink offering, is withholding from the house of your God. We don't have a pope, but you do have a pastor. Yeah. And this pastor is asking that you'll take the rest of the month of October and give God something in your life to work with. Reschedule your time. Alter what you normally do. Get in the secret chamber of prayer somewhere. Sacrifice your playtime, your rest time, your entertainment time. Sacrifice the computer time. Not that we're working anything toward God, but that we're giving the Lord something to work up. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Now, friend, is the time for the church to step up to the plate. This is a call to battle stations. You're needed to report for duty every day. Your presence is requested in every church service. I'm seeing a trend that bothers me. We look for excuses to stay home rather than excuses to opportunities to come. How can we minister if we're not being ministered to? Well, you don't understand my schedule. No, I don't. I don't. It's nothing about Sunday night or Wednesday night's going to get you to heaven any more than Sunday morning will. But friend, I believe we all need to be here when we can. So we're all on the same page knowing what the Lord is desiring for us to do. Your prayers are needed today more than they've ever been needed before. What's more important to you than God's Word? What's more important to you than, than prayer? What's more important to you than the house of God? Your career is not going to last forever. Your sports team not going to win every game. And they're going to survive without you watching it. The internet, it's going to be there tomorrow with more junk on it to tempt you. The bed, hey, let's work while we're alive. We'll rest when we die. That's my philosophy. Let's sound the alarm. The world is fodder. And the fire of God. And we have the means to correct this terrible situation on this earth before the judgment of God falls upon this planet. Are you going to be the solution to the problem? Am I going to be the solution to the problem? 
or am I going to be part of the problem? As a pastor, I'm asking you, I'm imploring you, I'm begging you, gird up your loins and be the Christian God wants you to be and do the Christian life God wants you to live and be all you can be, do all you can do so the Lord can do through you what he desires to do. Be faithful to church. Be faithful to prayer. Fast. What does that mean, preacher? Well, rather than eating your bowl of Cheerios in the morning for the breakfast, won't you just take that time and pray and fast? You're not hungry. You have an appetite. Your belly will growl. Praise the Lord, and it does. Drink some water, chew some gum, and praise Him some more. We're not bargaining with God in fasting. We're showing an urgency to our God. We need you to show up. Be faithful in your witness. What God puts in you here, tell the world out there. And for God's sake, be faithful in worship. I don't understand why we have difficulty worshiping God, but we do. I didn't say you, I say we. Went to a ball game last night. Somebody gave us some tickets to the South Ethan ball game. I go about once a year. Went to the ball game last night. They VIP treatment, had lasagna they gave us and salad and all the trimmings. Had 50 yard, 50, road, 50 yard line we sat on. I mean, it was great. Free parking, right? I mean, right almost on the field. I lasted the halftime. Not because we were losing, I had no interest. But I never in my life seen as many people shouting for a losing team as they did. Had little kids behind us, these little big old things. I mean, it put a shrill down my mind. Go, 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 win, win, win. I mean, just all night long. It was fun. But I looked over to my friend beside me and I said, how many of you think these people tomorrow shout in church? And worship tomorrow in church? We go to a ball game and act like a screaming Indian and come to church and act like a wooden Indian. But we've allowed something to take our worship away from us. We ought not do it, church. We ought not do it, church. We'll not be inhibited to praise our God. It's not about working something up. It's about being able. You ever go down the road and watch somebody drive in the car? Hey, man. And I'm going, okay. And then what? They're not afraid to go to their rap music and don't be offended at this. I, I ain't going to say it because you'll be offended. But they're not afraid to sing out loud and sing these worldly songs. They don't know us. They're not afraid. I get behind, beside somebody and they're playing their stupid music. I just crank up my, ain't no grave going to hold my body down. <laughs> ain't no grave going to hold my body down. And they look over at me and go, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not witnessing. That's just being stubborn. <laughs> what am I saying? We let people take away our joy and we let circumstances rob our, our peace and we allow the world to take our worship from us. He's worthy to be praised and this is the quietest world we'll ever live in, church. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. He said, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, that thou leadest Joseph like a flock, that thou dwellest between the cherubs. Shine forth. If we do our part, God will do his. If we would do the possible by forming and giving him what he needs, he would do the impossible. Yeah. 
I'm asking you, I'm serious church, I'm asking you, I'm imploring you. As your pastor, I feel I've heard from God. Let's give the rest of this month, let's build our day around the Lord. If God speaks to you, and he will if you listen, to turn off the TV and pray, turn down the computer and pray, get in the word of God, wake up in the middle of the night, whatever, obey the Lord. Give him something to work with. And then we're asking on November the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd to come back at 7 o'clock for a prayer revival. That's not that far away. For a prayer revival. We're not going to have preaching, not bringing no speaker in. We've invited the Holy Spirit. We may give a devotion, Father, leading the Lord, but let's just see what God will do. The world is in bad shape. The world has no solution. The church does. I close with this. Prepare your heart now. Let's make a difference in this world as we are transformed by the power of God. I'll close with this. In my heart of heart, I heard the Holy Spirit say, get rid of spiritual adultery. Get rid of spiritual idolatry. And the hillbilly, mountain vernacularism where I come from, spiritual adultery and idolatry ticks God off. I don't want to tick God. 